Welcome to the Being the Change podcast. I'm Kristen Vandeveer here with Isabel Kiyosayan. We are Meditation Without Borders, coming to you live from <laughs> Mexico and California. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm ad-libbing this <laughs> intro. <laughs> we do the same one every time, but for some reason today, it needs to be different. Um, so yeah, we today are talking about um, meditation as a selfless act um, and getting into the bigger idea of how meditation really is such a powerful, powerful form of social change, even the act of meditation itself. And this is one of the best thing you can do for your fellow man and woman and child and frog and everything <laughs> else. <laughs> so yeah, we we we're, we open up, um, Izzy and I talking about this, about how certain meditators have come to us with um, people telling them that their meditation practice is selfish. And, <laughs> and it, it, one, it just, it hurts my brain to even think about, but like how you it, could even think of yeah. something like that, how that makes no sense. But it's, um, it's funny and it's ridiculous. It's like, yeah. Like all, the, all the masters are just <laughs> rolling in their ashes <laughs> roll rolling in their astral plane yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh and and just to think like almost so, so of all the things people do you know that are selfish <laughs> which is most of them <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that really is not um and you know moms get this especially you know yeah. poor moms who are you know used to devoting every ounce of their energy, time, and life force to supporting their family and others, and often have also the burden of guilt for feeling that when they take 20 minutes to sit and have, you know, to calm their inner self, they're somehow being selfish. Yeah. And I got this a little bit in the beginning of my um, teacher training journey. Mm-hmm. That wasn't just meditation that was selfish, but my actual path of becoming a teacher was selfish and taking away from my kids, which nothing, now that I've experienced it, lived it, I, I can't think of any gift I could have given, given them greater than having gone on this path. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it's it's complete fallacy. <laughs> and that's what I tell my students because they're like, how do I, you know get my my kids to meditate and i'm like the best thing that you can do is for you to meditate because if you meditate you'll be such a a a better mom you'll be more energetic you'll be more patient you'll be more loving and for them to grow up in that Mm -hmm. environment is the best thing that you can do for them of course if they meditate that's going to help them but there's nothing better than growing up with meditator parents well, it's funny too. People's first instinct is like, how do I get the people in my life to meditate? <laughs> because as if they're the source of the anxiety and the stress, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh my God, my kids are insane. I need them to meditate. And it's like, actually, you know, or like, I need my husband to meditate because he's a psycho. And it's like, no, yes. I mean, it would be good for them to meditate. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but you need to meditate. Then their craziness will not bother you. It's exactly you start with the source. Our stress comes from our within us. It doesn't come from outside sources. Mm-hmm. The demands come from outside sources. 
I need to make that distinction. There are situations, people, things out there that ha that are more demanding than others. But it's the stress that that is in our bodies that makes us unable to interact with that demand, and so we go into fight or flight. Mm -hmm. But when we have the energy, the adaptation energy that comes from meditation, our crazy kids are. It's like, oh, so cute. <laughs> Look at him. He's throwing his toys down the toilet again. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> As opposed to, oh my God, I'm going to wring his neck. And, you know, so, so there's this, this, um, but getting back to the selfish thing, there's this idea that, you know, taking time to support yourself is a selfish thing when, when really our, um, all we are for anyone else, you know, we're, we're just reflections, you know, we're all just reflections. So to the extent that we can, um, radiate, and be a source of peace and energy for others. Uh, we are giving them a great gift. Yeah, it's like one of my students. She she came. She has two small kids, two small boys, and one of them has a very hard time sleeping. And so she, because the the son doesn't sleep, she doesn't sleep. So she came <laughs> to meditate. And the first days of the course, her son started sleeping. <laughs> And it was like, well, obviously there was something and maybe, you know, she is a little anxious. She was a little anxious and that was probably rubbing off on her son. And that happens all the time. You know, sometimes when we're upset, we also radiate that. <laughs> and unfortunately, right. those close to us feel the, the feel, not the benefit, yeah, but that's not the correct word, but they, they feel that. And in the actions of it. And so when she started being more calm and, you know, giving the, her, her own space to meditate that rubbed off and her son was having the benefits of the mom practicing. So that that's a very, very exact, exact example, but these things happen all the time. When we are, um, in our most, you know, expansive self, that's, you know, I, 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 someone told me once before I had kids, it was a, a guy who, who has kids. <laughs> he was like, the best gift you can give your children is, um, to love them and, and that they know they're loved and everything else kind of doesn't matter. And I remember thinking like that has been a little mantra that has kept, stayed with me this past, I don't know, eight, nine years that I've been mm -hmm. a parent, but that to love your kids and know they're loved, that requires a consciousness state, mm -hmm. you know, that constant radiating of love and ability to, and that flow of Soma, Soma being attention, mm -hmm. you know, the Soma is the Sanskrit word for attention, but is that, that ability to give quality attention to your, to your family and be able to receive it as well mm -hmm. requires a great degree of clarity. It requires you to be in a certain state of consciousness and with the amount of demands that modern life has, especially for parents, but everybody, the amount of demands that it has, there's no way to stay in that expensive state unless you have some kind of practice. You know? yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. We're just completely bombarded with an overload of experience. Yeah. And it's, it's not sustainable. And sometimes, you know, my students ask me, and I've struggled with this myself, you know, like people, people want to be around me, but I, I need my own space. I need my time to meditate. 
And it's also because it's, it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. So yeah. you don't want to be with people all the time if you're not in a good state, if you're not in a good mood, because then what's, what's the point? We're just going to hang out even though we're both having a sucky time. It's like, no, let's have the best possible time together. So it's meditation is actually, it's, it, you're, you're, you're giving yourself the time and the space to expand your you because at the end of the day, we're all looking for, you know, our best possible life. We're all looking out for ourselves, you know? Yeah. But when you meditate, you're not, your you isn't your individual you, your you becomes, you know, the big self. So obviously all of your actions are still going to be towards, you know, that, but it's just a such an expansive self. It doesn't depend entirely on your individuality, but on the collective that that's how it changes. You don't, it's not about you in a small sense. It's about the big you. Right. And it's your, it's not just a concept of that. It's how you experience Mm -hmm. life to, to different degrees. You know, someone in full enlightenment, full unity consciousness, they actually do experience it. Like the, that, that bigness fully all the time, you know, (laughs) which um you know the idea of the individual is simply that it's a concept it's an idea they just in the same way before reaching enlightenment the the um oneness is a concept you know it's not what the senses are delivering it's it's an idea eventually the senses start to deliver the oneness more and more in degrees over time and to the extent that you experience that your outside circumstances matter less and less and less and less and less. And just think about the times in your life when you've been most peaceful, happy, pleasant. Oftentimes they're not, you know, when Instagram says they are, you know, (laughs) like it might be just a random day you had with a friend, you know, sitting by a river, or you can remember being a child laying in the grass, looking up at the clouds or something. And, you're like, wow, that was a moment I want to get back to that feeling, that feeling. What is that feeling? You know, we all have these moments of being closer to that state than other times mm-hmm. when the stress is somehow less. And that is what we want for ourselves all the time. We don't want that to be dependent on just this quick high of something having gone quote unquote our way um, or just the acquiring of something, you know, we want to have that feeling and then not be dependent on the outside circumstances so much. And this, um, this dependence on outside circumstances that comes from not from having stress and not having that realization that our fulfillment comes within is causing wreaking so much havoc on the world. Mm -hmm. It's um, we were talking about this earlier where it's just the, um, the world is split up between a very small group of haves with a very large group of have nots who are being exploited and have been exploited since, you know, colonialism reached across the globe. And, um, and that's starting to shift. That's starting to change. People are no longer happy with this arrangement. (laughs) (laughs) And those of, you know, those of us with who are haves and obviously there's, there's, the 1% and then there's the rest of us. There's a, there's a gradation here as well. To some degree, everyone has some form of privilege. But to the extent that you're finding your fulfillment within, 
you're able to be okay with sharing whatever it is you have yeah. because you know that this is not where the true fulfillment is coming from. This is why we are so, we want so to get the, the message out there that meditation is important for shifting the things that are wrong with the world <laughs> because this, it's a consciousness state that's causing the problems. Yeah. Like if you imagine suddenly, let's just imagine like in a flash, everyone becomes enlightened. No one really is finding their fulfillment from outside sources. No one is seeing anyone as other anymore. Everyone sees everyone as one as self. Mm-hmm. Just think about the change that would happen in an instant. <laughs> yeah. You know, just think about the healing that would happen. Just think about the amount of outreach that would happen. It's a consciousness state. Mm-hmm. The consciousness state is the problem to the extent that people feel like they have to hoard what is theirs, quote unquote theirs, nothing is really ours, but like to hoard things and to hoard resources. And that's key. It's not really right. ours. Right. <laughs> no, nothing is ours. <laughs> that is key. But to the extent that that's believed and to keep, you know, to keep things from others and seeing people as other, to the extent that's happening, there's going to be um, violence. There's going to be um, cruelty. There's going to be the um, ravaging of the planet. You know, and this this all has to change. It has to change because it is changing. <laughs> it's already changing. The world is already becoming more unified. The boundaries are of of everything from gender to countries to to um, to races are already blurring. It's already yeah. unifying. It's just how much do we resist that? And the world is already screaming for, for <laughs> healing and it will heal itself in the same way. Can we help the world heal? Or are we going to resist it and then get our behinds kicked by <laughs> mother nature? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's such an interesting point. One of the guests we had once, um, who who know he's a hospital clown Andres Aguilar and he mm-hmm. founded Risa Terapia. He says something that's very beautiful because like if if I am gonna give you if I'm gonna share my bread with you and it just specific something that you know is is tangible. If I share my bread with you, I'm gonna give you half of my bread and then so I don't have half of my bread anymore. And but with with volunteering when when you're helping others by helping others, you feel you, you rise, you rise helping the others. So it's a win-win situation. You're helping that mm-hmm. other person. And at the same time, you're feeling good about yourself because it comes from the infinite source. Yeah. And so it's the same without med- with meditation and with, with the bread example in meditation, it's, it's even better because if you share your bread, that act itself is more bread is coming. Yeah. <laughs> so it's more bread is always coming. Yeah, because it's when you open open up yourself and you're like, "Oh, there's need. I I have to I have to give." And and that comes from expanding your consciousness and meditation is the the best and the quickest way to do that. So if as you were saying, it's not ours ours anyway. So if mm-hmm. I have a bread and it's like, "No, no, no, it's mine." It's like, "Okay, well, then that's yours and no more is coming." But if you want to share with other people, it's like more bread is coming because you're in touch with that universal intelligence and well, they, with the big you. That big you, that universal intelligence is 
infinite abundance. Mm -hmm. So you experience that feeling of infinite abundance at all times. So you don't, if something is lost, if something goes away, it doesn't feel you, you're still in touch with that abundance because really it's just a thing that's going, mm -hmm. but your inner experience doesn't change. So, so say for example, um, someone, someone who's in a high state of consciousness, suddenly, um, like a tornado comes and their house gets blown down, mm -hmm. you know, they are immediately come to the reality of what is it's like, Oh, I no longer have a house. You know, they are immediately into a creative mindset of like, okay, well, what, what is my next right action from this point? Maybe there's other people who lost their houses. Maybe we can band together and create an organization to create housing as a whole. So, um, you know, it's it immediately shifts into the present moment and then what can be created from this point on. Mm-hmm as opposed to this clinging to the past of I had a house and I still need a house. And what do I do? I have nothing. I've lost my house. Um, you know, I'm nothing now. It's like, no, you're still everything you ever were. You just are now without a house. But that feeling of the, the abundance within is still there. And the person thinks, okay, well, you know, the high, high consciousness person who lost the house is like this, this was relevant. There's a reason I lost this house. This is going to propel me on a, on a course of action. And that's going to be a course of action for good. I just need to tune in and hear what that is. Mm -hmm. And, and knowing that another house is coming in some form, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that, th that will be provided for in some way. Yeah. And you know, going back to, you know, the, the selfish or selflessness of, of meditation last podcast we talked about you know following charm you no know, trying yeah. to to figure out the need of the time and and that question arose um about if following charm might at some point be selfish and it was like because <laughs> no, we talked about like sometimes you know it might be charming to get pizza and it's like well isn't that selfish i need to, i should be saving the world it's like yeah no, no, no. It's, it's something that you need to do because there, there are so many layers to this. <laughs> I need to get pizza. <laughs> Apparently Am I need I to selfish? get pizza all the time. <laughs> it's never not charming to get pizza. <laughs> Does that make me selfish? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe according to the poor pizza. <laughs> but it's, it's such an interesting interesting subject because first of all like even people who need to set boundaries like oh well that's selfish and you know everything you do for your own well-being it eventually leads to 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 something greater and meditation is is the key to that yeah and the key to hearing that inner voice of what it is that's relevant and not judging it um, because some people might think like, oh, well, I've got to save the world. I've got to work in a food kitchen. I got to, you know, um, I mean, um, you know, volunteer for homeless shelter. Why am I, I'm not doing this. I'm not helping diversity. I'm not, you know, we're all given a specific pass. We we're not, none of us are meant to do everything at once, you know, <laughs> and some of us are more geared to some things than other than others. So, you know, we, we don't judge what that is, even if it's something that doesn't make sense to us. Mm -hmm. But so long as we're tuning into that inner voice, whatever we're doing is relevant 
to both us and that greater um, that greater us, that greater you, that big you, which is everything. So it's it's relevant to everyone else and it's relevant to you. Um, exactly. And- because um, something also, you know, about that, it's sometimes these, th- I mean, things happen for all reasons, no, but sometimes we won't know. Sometimes we will. But if we're charmed to have pizza, it's because... <laughs> You know, the, one of the reasons might be just for the pure enjoyment of the pizza. You deserve that pizza. Right. You had a hard day. Like, have right. that pizza. Enjoy. The universe wants to feel through you what it tastes like to have a delicious pizza and enjoy that. And if you allow yourself to have that experience, even as, you know, as mundane as it is to have a pizza one night, that'll that that'll have you'll have joy in that because it was charming mm-hmm. to do so and you followed it and just by by doing that and following that that pizza you being joyful follow is something the, <laughs> follow the pizza follow the pizza if you're joyful you'll you'll radiate that i mean <laughs> if you if you're like no 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 that's not helping the world then maybe you won't be as joyful and you won't radiate that so Everything that is charming is good for you and good for the big you. <laughs> the pizza guru. The pizza, exactly. <laughs> Isabel Kiyosei and the pizza guru. You can also eat find the me. pizza. Eat the pizza, <laughs> drink the Snapple. <laughs> no, it was that... funny. One of my students came by the other day and she was looking at my kitchen and she was like, like, hmm, you have all this non-Ayurvedic stuff. Like, this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We were non-Ayurvedic even during our training. So <laughs> expect it to happen now. <laughs> it's charming. Just, it's charming. It, it is charming. <laughs> It's charming. Well, that's because people need to relate that you can still reach a high state of consciousness while drinking diet snap <laughs> <laughs> and eating a slice of pizza. <laughs> but, I, you know, I think about all the ways in which, you know, meditation just has helped me to see things from a more global perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not in the little wave of self. You start seeing things from the point of view of many different points of view at once, you know, because now yourself is in many different points of view at once and starts feeling into, you know, well, my you over in this part of the world is hurting. Mm-hmm. You know, my sense of self over there is hurting and needs, you know, maybe it needs my attention. Maybe it doesn't, but I can feel it. I can, it feels like it feels, it feels more and more like one and that, you know, there's, there's some discomfort in, in, in feeling like, okay, there's some part of me that needs, it's not, it's, I don't know if it's discomfort, but it's just like, there's awareness. It's like awareness. It's like when a part of your body, it's like, you know, is your foot you like, yes, it's, it's a part of, it's an extension of you. It's extend itself in a sense. Mm -hmm. And when it's got a thorn in it, you know, (laughs) you feel that. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, I can feel that over here. There's, there's something that needs addressing. And, um, and with meditation, there's there's a a acceptance of change, mm-hmm. and even a desire for change. You know, a desire for evolution. Without meditation, there's fear of the unknown, and there's fear of um, of losing, and there's fear of of things shifting from the status quo. Yeah. 
that's big, big, big time in this country is there's a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're rigidly attached to um, status quos that are no longer relevant. And meditation kind of helps you let go of that, knowing that whatever is coming is greater. It's greater for everyone's evolution. And, exactly. And something that you were saying, just a little anecdote on Maharishi, uh, how... You know, his it was like, oh, this part of the world is hurting. Let's go. And, yeah. <laughs> and so they and they were like, Maharishi, where are we going to get the money from? Where it is now? <laughs> I love that. And they I told that to money. Ben all the time, and he's always like, <laughs> easy for you to say. But and, and and he always had the money to travel to that place and teach mm-hmm. because there was a need there, and so. You know, even if, if we can't do that right now, you 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 can feel where that need is and you take it. And that need might be, you know, your your husband or your friend or it can be something big. But meditation itself does most of the work. You just have to follow it. Yeah. Which and is scary. It can be scary. It can be scary because you're you're letting your ego is letting control letting go of control of the wheel to something bigger. So it, it can be scary if you've been attached to that individuality for most of your life. But the more the more you experiment with it, the more comfortable it gets. Mm-hmm. And something you said, you know, that med- meditation does most of the work. In the sense, meditation itself is doing the work. You know, if you meditate and you do nothing else in your day, you have checked that box of helping the world because it's, you know, even the, even the, um, the yogis up in the hills and, uh, in the jungles of India that never come out who are meditating, but they're that big consciousness state. They are doing a great deal of help for the rest of the world because they are like a bowling ball on the field of consciousness, helping it, helping it expand, helping others also sink down to that place of oneness just through the the way that um consciousness is not is not we are not just all separate it's all one field and mm-hmm. so um every time you meditate you're helping everything in your event horizon experience that feeling too yeah and um and so i think for a lot of people you know when then this gets back to the selfish thing when you're like oh I, I you know i don't feel like i can meditate because i have all these things i need to do for everybody it's like, no, meditate, because you are, that is the best thing you can do for everybody. Yeah. The meditation itself is a, is not just going to make you a nicer person for your kids and your family and everyone else. It's going to help, you know, if everyone starts meditating, then all of a sudden the whole, uh, the whole parachute comes down, the, the whole, the whole circus tent. Um, well, I guess if it's a circus tent, it raises up, but you know what I mean? <laughs> mixing my metaphors but you get a sense of a field that is being pushed one way or the other yeah and it's um so it's 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 very selfless it's completely selfless and and actually that's what's happening in meditation you're losing that sense of self you're completely transcending self (laughs) that's why you start kind of like oh I, i i don't remember where i am i lose track of time i don't know where my hands are oh my how the mantra is and then you're gone. You don't even know that you're transcending until you come out of it because the sense yeah. itself leaves. It's gone. It's completely. Gone. Sometimes you feel like 
after a really deep meditation, yourself coming back to your body and just like, whoa, (laughs) who am I? Oh, that's right. That's who this is where I am. Okay. I'm back. Wow. Um, But yeah, you lose your sense of self. You become the ocean. You come out of the wave of self completely. And um, it is literally a selfless act. Literally, you you lose the self. It is to a selflessing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go selfless myself over yeah. here for 20 minutes. So it's it's funny when when people think that it's it's a selfish act. It's the opposite. It's right. It's, it's that's why it's funny when people tell me. You know, right. people say I'm being selfish. It's like no, you're you're doing the opposite of that. And, and the experience of it and and it, it's impacting the person who's calling you selfish <laughs> i know it's helping them it's it's helping them and yeah and that's why also uh, going back to what you were saying about kind of the the you know the the yogis meditating in in, mm-hmm. in india that's why group meditations tend to be a lot deeper because yeah. there's there's the all all the group radiates that so even if you maybe wouldn't have such a deep meditation you go deep because of the yeah. uh, it's like a bunch of tennis balls on a trampoline exactly exactly yeah it, it and then an, a lightened person comes and sits down and it's a bowling ball on the trampoline yeah. <laughs> and then everyone starts massively and stressing around the poor enlightened person and they get that's which is why they're going back into the jungle because every time they're around people they start this they start to transcend and the stress leaves their body and they go crazy it's funny because <laughs> the the two like when i come back to mexico after being with tom have been the two times i've broken up <laughs> so it's like being around tom makes me grow in consciousness <laughs> It no longer relevant. Yeah, no longer relevant. <laughs> I, I was next to a huge bowling ball. And yeah. <laughs> like the day that I got back, straight out of the yeah. plane. <laughs> no, I know. And I remember after IT and all that whole that whole mess. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, so it's it, it's only helping us evolve. And even in the you know transcendental meditation there's people who do rounds and rounds are these advanced uh, meditation techniques where you release a lot of stress. And there's people who are doing rounds all the time to try to keep the balance. In the oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they're, the, that's the, um, what's Maharishi's 1%. Yeah. Effect. That's like if 1% of the world was meditating, we'd have world peace. I don't know. I don't know if one percent. Some, something tells me we might need an extra an extra percent or two now. <laughs> the world has gotten a little nuts since Maharishi was here. Maybe we need to beef that up a bit. But you know, but it's true that it's not. It's not. We don't need everybody enlightened, but we do. We do need more. Yeah. <laughs> we do need a higher percentage that can help pull the rest of us. Mm-hmm. That can help pull the pull the collective, and it'll lead it. It'll be a you know, an enlightened person is a far greater force than a hundred unenlightened people. Yeah. You know, a fully enlightened person is, is can, you know, they say that when things go really, really out of balance is when the great sages have come to the earth mm-hmm. to balance things out. Like even when Jesus Christ came mm-hmm. with a horribly violent, terrible, um, divisive time, 
and especially in that area of the world where he came. And so that he, you know, his consciousness was, was, um, was bouncing out that low consciousness of that area. Unfortunately, unfortunately <laughs> he, was, he had to, uh, um, you know, everyone knows what happens there. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> I won't say what happens. You'll have to you read the look, Bible. Look, look it up. Read the book yourself. <laughs> and Maharishi too. You know, he came, what was happening? What was that, the 60s? I mean, we had, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis. We, we almost yeah. went into nuclear war. We had... You know, Vietnam, there's all kinds of incredible suffering, division, horribleness. And he came and brought, you know, um, meditation to, you know, thousands upon thousands of people around the world. So that one consciousness had a very heavy effect on the world. Mm -hmm. So it's one. So you, as a single meditator, have far more influence than you could possibly imagine. You know, and it's good to remember that when, you know, especially for me as a mom who's got, you know, my day is just barely struggling to make it to bedtime most days. <laughs> and like, I'm like, okay, well, I meditated. So I contributed. <laughs> of course you I, did. I did something of value today. <laughs> There's that. There's always that. You're raising enlightened children. There's nothing <laughs> better than that. Yeah, I know. When they're sitting there picking their noses, I sometimes wonder, but, you know. <laughs> and throwing their, their toys down the toilet. No, you're you're raising enlightened children. <laughs> you know, as Maharishi said, those are the angels on earth. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would love um, for Maharishi to remind them of that. <laughs> <laughs> Act like an angel. <laughs> but they are cheeky uh, with all children you yeah. know on medit of meditator parents are very cheeky which is yeah they say the, the the children of meditator parents come to earth are very um they're precocious and that they are kind of lazy about their meditation they don't always become meditators right away because they know that like oh the, they don't have to do the work you yeah, know because they're being raised they're in being raised in that environment they they can be a little selfish <laughs> right exactly they can and they'll be just fine it's you know it's those of us who came into environments that were so far from people meditating that had to you know tried yoga tried a million things and then finally found meditation after going through a hundred horrible relationships and <laughs> bad jobs and who knows what else and finally found it meditator kids kids of meditators they don't, they don't have to do all that yeah so they can they can be spoiled brats <laughs> which i'm experiencing firsthand <laughs> it's because they can get the benefits from you and ben and yeah and that's that that's the thing, you know, sometimes we worry, and that's, as you were saying before, a very common question, like, how do I get this person to meditate? How do I get that person to meditate? And of course, it's always better for more people to meditate, but they're still getting the benefits from your meditation. Yeah. And they're still observing you, you mm -hmm. know, they, they, they're aware of it. It's, it's in their, you know, they know that there's, that's in their toolkit, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's something that's really good to, to, to discuss in this 
podcast the getting people to meditate a little bit because mm-hmm. it's you know once you realize like okay this is not a selfish act it's selfless how do i get other people in my life to do it now that i'm a meditator um just live by example yeah i mean that's true with everything you know just live by example you can't really get anyone to do anything unless they're ready to do it and themselves the great thing about you know live by example is that you don't really have to do anything but just right be yourself because you know this is an example that i use all the time before i was a meditator i used to smoke a lot of pot (laughs) (laughs) and when i learned how often this comes up i know i know so if this is the 10th time you've heard it you win a free snapple Hope you like diet peach because <laughs> that's all we got free pizza for the munchies <laughs> uh, but the thing is like when i started to meditate it wasn't like oh now i won't smoke anymore because i'm a meditator and i have to do this and i have to do that these things just started slipping off like i was no longer charmed to do it and i just haven't done it since and so it's not like you have to, you, you know, force yourself to do this or to do that. It just happens naturally. You just start to live differently when you meditate. And that's all you have to do to inspire others. Right. And it, it happens. I, w- I wouldn't say it happens all at once. Like it takes a long time and there's pockets of your life that still have resistance, even with a lot of meditation where there still is a little bit of forcing going on to get yourself to do things. Um, but you're more aware of it. Yeah. And honestly, it's funny. The idea of selfish versus unselfish doesn't even come up. No, no, no. I think it's not, it's not because you're no longer really yeah. in that, that individual self You're You're more grounded, you know, your seat of seat of um, identity is now in your bigger self once you've been meditating for a while. And so it doesn't even occur to you to question, is this selfish or not? Mm-hmm. Because you're living through that intuitive voice anyway. And so you're not, your actions don't make sense to you half the time anyway. <laughs> so okay. you're just like, oh, no, I, I don't really think about this. And I, I was just thinking about that. I'm like, does this even, this was a question for meditators, but did, I don't even question the selflessness or selfishness of my action. It's more, is this relevant right now? Mm-hmm. What is the next right action? What is it? you know, what is my inner self telling me to do now? And then from that point on, it's not up to me to judge what it is. And sometimes the actions appear very unselfish or maybe selfish to someone, you know, like I might have a day where I'm like, I'm going to get a sitter and I'm just going to lay in this bed and I'm not going to do anything today. And, you know, one person might say, well, that's kind of selfish. It's like, well, no, that's what needs to happen today. Because and then other didn't do that. You yeah. drained. So that, that would obviously, you'd probably be a little more irritated. You'd probably be a little more angry at kids. And so it's actually the least selfish thing because then you'll, you'll really be a lot more loving, a lot more patient. And that's what, that's what you want. And there's a, there's a time for everything and you know, everyone has a different path. So it's, it's, and you kind of accept that, you know, you don't expect everyone to be living a certain way or doing a certain thing at a certain time. The more you meditate, the more you're just like, okay, that person's at that point in their evolution. That's what they're doing over there. I don't even know the relevance of it, but it must be relevant Mm -hmm. for them in some way. And, um, 
you kind of stop trying to control everything so much. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but, you know, the one thing I do know is that if we can, um, just, you know, and there's a lot of people who know how to meditate, but are having trouble sticking to their practice. So I th- hopefully this, um, this advice helps, like if there's any guilt about meditating, it will help lift that to help you do your practice more regularly. So it's one thing to know how to meditate and it's another to actually do it every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's the doing it every day that really is going to have that major impact. And it doesn't, for me, it, it used to be hard. It used to be hard. It used to be something that I had to like think about, plan out, would feel guilty when I missed it, you know? And now it's more, it's like, it's, it's like, I never forget to eat because I like to eat, <laughs> you know, like I never have to plan lunch. Lunch just happens no matter how busy I am because I like lunch and I'm not going to miss lunch in the same way. It's like, no, I don't have to plan this because I like it and I know how much it benefits me and everyone else. And so I'm going to prioritize it. And it just kind of happens naturally that way. Once it self-motivates. Yeah. So. It's like, I feel I so good. And so I want to continue feeling good. So I, I know where this is coming from. So I have to keep doing it. And for you to feel good is, is that's not selfish. That's. Yeah. That's the no. point of life. <laughs> I know that's a good point. Cause a lot of people think like, oh, there's suffering in the world. I have to suffer or else. I am going to feel guilty about that. And I'm being selfish. It's like, no, 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 no. The other way. Mm-hmm. Joy. We need more joy. We need more, you know, you can still do a lot of good work for the world and still see what needs to be done mm-hmm. and feel joy. Yeah. You know, and you can still empathize and feel and tune in and be, and observe while wow, that person is suffering mm-hmm. while not taking on that suffering yourself. Exactly. It's like, this is a very silly example, but if you're with somebody who's, you know, suffering, if you go and suffer with them, that won't help as much as you, if you go right. and you cheer them up and you try to lift their spirits. So that's exactly what meditation is on a larger scale. Right. It's like if someone's drowning in the ocean, you don't want to jump in the ocean with them. Yeah. You know, you want to stay on the boat and throw them a, a raft or a, a rope or something, you know? Exactly. If, you don't want to get down there and be like, oh, rats, now we're both down here. <laughs> now we need someone else to help both of us. So I think there's... Um, there's something to that, to know that, you know, it's not selfish to meditate. It's not selfish to be happy. It's not selfish to be joyful. It's not selfish to do the things your intuition is telling you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all selfless acts. And the, to the extent that you meditate and can be in that selfless state all the time, everything you do becomes selfless. Yeah. So you can enjoy. Yes. That's some good summary remarks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I have anything else to say now. <laughs> I think we ended on a perfect note. That's a good note. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> I think that finished up rather nicely and on its own. Uh, if you want to listen to more of our podcasts, um, or should I say, are they called podcasts or episodes? The whole thing is a podcast, right? Yeah. More episodes. I have no idea. Podcasts. I feel like an old person all of a sudden. Oh, <laughs> me too. It's like the internets. You know? <laughs> I'm going to surf the webs. 
I'm going to surf the World Wide Web's and the internet. Uh, our, our episodes, if you want to listen to our other episodes, you can find them on Apple iTunes. You can find them on Spotify. You can Apple. find them on our website. What did I say? No, I, 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 I'm continuing the joke. You can find them on Apple's. On Apple's. Oh, yeah. I know. Apple iTunes. Is that even? That, that yeah, also know. sounds it's, like some, an old person saying I think that's correct. It. Oh, God. Um, yeah. And then on our website as well. Our website is meditationwithoutborders.net. And if you're looking it up on Spotify or iTunes or any of the other, there's a bunch of other sites that have it too. You just look up Meditation Without Borders being the change and you'll find us. But thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye.